0: Hey everybody, thank you for checking out the Broke Down Podcast. My name is Jonathan, I am your host, and this is episode 112. Broke Down Pod remains a founding community podcast with Osiris. Osiris Media is making great things about the things that you love. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was in Denver and had the pleasure of co-hosting the great, great band Taper's Choice for a celebration with conversation and music. That's just one kind of unique experience that Osiris Media brings to the world, so check out everything they have to offer at osirispod.com. I've got a great guest for you today, but before I get into that, I have a, a little list. There's a new 111 Heavy album on the way. You know those guys. We've had them on. We love them. The album is called Poolside. I've heard it, and it is everything you want from these guys. Great songs, bit of chugles, singing guitars. There are two singles out now. Find them wherever you stream stuff, or go to 111heavy.bandcamp.com and order that record, as again, it's called Poolside, and it is worth your while. Also on the way, a new Elkhorn album entitled Distances. As you may recall, Elkhorn is Drew and Jesse, and of course, this time, they are joined by two drummers. You know I love Elkhorn. Not only are they consistently good, but they're also consistently different. Centered still on the two guitar improvisation, but now coming with a pair of drummers. They have a sort of a psychedelic game of chase through your brain as you listen. Trust me when I say it is outstanding. Distances is the album. It is available from Feeding Tube Records at FeedingTubeRecords.com. Feeding Tube also has a great new one from Rootless. I don't think I've talked about Rootless on the pod before, but uh, well, here's the deal one guy jeremy herwitz and here he's leaning into acoustic guitar stuff honestly it's it's terrific you should just check it out the album is called what the truth leaves out and it it too is available at feedingtuberecords.com i believe it is already out so you should get with that now this episode is late I don't really do deadlines here at Broke Down Pod because deadlines are for companies and sweepstakes, and this show is neither of those. What I Am is a one-man situation, and that one man got a little over his head with scheduling this summer. So this episode was recorded at the beginning of August, and it is, as I said, late. I'd like to apologize to my guest Eli Winter for that. Yes, yes, you could show your appreciation for this episode, even existing, by going and checking out the latest Eli Winter album, which is out now from Three Lobed Recordings over at threelobed.bandcamp.com. You're fixing to hear a lot from Eli, and a little from me, that should entice you. Uh, I'm going to play a little bit of the record after the chat, but don't wait. Trust me when I tell you, it's good. I have previously described this record as amazing. And if you're familiar with Eli's previous works, let me make it clear to you that he significantly raised the bar on himself here. Before I spin the chat, I will also, as usual, remind you of a couple of things. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at BrokedownPod. A review on Apple Podcasts would be really chill and much appreciated. Uh, The blog has a ton of links and playlists for every episode, and you can find that at BrokedownPodcast.blogspot.com. All right, so here we go. This is my chat with Eli Winter. Thank you very much for sitting down to talk with me. Uh, It's been a little while. You were on episode 47, and I think we're up to episode 100 and something incredible so it's it's been a bit yeah and you've been busy you've been really busy a lot
1: of the time it feels like the appearance of being busy just like things kind of lining up in the right ways
0: that's kind of the nature of making records right it's like for, from everybody outside it's like oh look at this record coming out and this record's coming out like three months later and really you finished them a year ago or something, right? You know, there's a little bit of that, but um, but you have put out a bunch of records since we spoke. Like I was just go going through and like making sure. And there's some two I hadn't heard, and I was like, how did I miss that? I mean, you're just that busy. And I'm I, I've been listening to a few things too, um, but your new record is really rad. And we're going to talk about that at length. But I want to talk about some of the other stuff you've done and uh, sure. get, get a little more in depth. Because when we talked before, it was not a long conversation. And uh, so now I think we let's we'll dig a little deeper. Sure, if that's Thank all
1: right. You. Cool. Absolutely, yeah. I remember pacing around my dorm room. Um, last conversation. It's nice to be sitting down. I'm good at pacing,
0: but <laughs>
1: you know, I have I have no excuse this time
0: right on well i mean hopefully you were i don't know why you'd be pacing out of anything other than just energy but oh exactly to be yes, nervous yeah. to talk to me um i'm just <laughs> some clown with a microphone um, but, <laughs> so. and, and you've got a record on three lobed recordings now which is one of my favorite labels i've talked about it on this show a lot and uh i'm sure you've got a reasonable respect for it as well uh and it's so cool it's such a great record lots of people on it uh, i think last time you were here we talked about you as um you know I, I, in fact it was an episode where i had a bunch of you know guitar players like who ostensibly are solo instrumentalists i think i called the episode uh, visionary americana uh yeah name yeah. i stumbled on and just talking with everybody because i didn't want to go with any existing labels because there is no real label that fit four people and maybe not even fits just the one uh because you've crossed a lot of lines with what you're doing now so tell me tell me about this album and uh how it came about and yeah we'll, we'll start there sure thank you
1: thank you yeah so if we you know i wouldn't be doing any any anything for that um, talking about a label that changes your life, you can probably, yeah, I mean, if, if you had to reduce it to one, 3 is the one. Um, just, you know, the circumstance of having so many musicians who were, you know, so inspiring for me, as for many, and who were so inspiring when I was first starting to really actively listen to music and get the musician back feeling um, being a to connective tissue for Jack Rose, Daniel Bachman, Steve Gunn. You know, I've, i found them in different ways and at different times, but, um, you know, ultimately led down to the same, um, I, I'm, I'm, trying not to mix my metaphors here, um, but, you know, led down the same, um, to the same place, you know, and, um, i have been sending Corey my solo guitar records. Um, my first one originally came out on tape in 2019, called The Time to Come. Then my second one came out in 2020. It's called Unbecoming. And Unbecoming is a record that um, has three songs total, and it has two kind of long, abrasive solo things, acoustic and electric, as the bookends. But the second song, thank God, is a uh, pretty obvious single. But also, it has a band. Um, Cameron Noller, dear friend, um, I think he played nylon string guitar. Sam Wagster of the Fruit Bats, Mewtwo, Cairo Gang, Gazeta on steel, pedal steel, and Tiger Damon on drums. And I sent that record to Corey, and he said, hey, you know, why don't you use the band as a kind of organizing principle for a record? And I said, you say drum? I say, how high? okay and um that, that's the shortest version it's just, you know it's certainly not a pandemic record by any stretch it has nothing you know musically does nothing to do with um the pandemic or anything directly at the same time I, I could see the pandemic facilitating recording possibilities that maybe wouldn't have been as easy to facilitate um without so a lot of people who play on the record, record record remotely.
0: Right. So it drives the methodology, even if it's not philosophically a driver.
1: Sure. Yeah. Maybe just by, by the nature of its existence, you know, everybody is at, you know, especially for the time when everybody was at home. And um, though I'm not one of these people, a lot of people who I know who play music have proper recording gear and knowledge of such. Um, and I made it easy to um made made it easy for me to go around and and ask people very nicely you know what can
0: i pay you and can you play on this cool so why don't you tell us who else is on this sure
1: so um there's kind of two totally different groups on it circumstantially but one of the groups takes up the bulk of the record um that group the core if you will is um Cameron over on various guitars, Sam Wagstrom, but it's still Tyra Damon on drums. Um, then the second song, um, so the first and the fourth song, each have um, th- those three players plus me, plus myself, and um, that's all. The second song, and, uh, and the other songs, I should say, um, add people who dot in for you know half a minute or so to half a song, give or take. But the second song, um Yasmin Williams, who's another dear fan, plays She's amazing. Yeah, she is. The third song, Riley Walker plays and Jordan Reyes. Um and I think that's all actually. Yeah, the fifth song, Jamie Branch plays Google Um wow. Jordan Reyes plays uh, kind of noise synthesizer part. The other folks thus far, um Yasmin Williams, Riley Walker play electric guitar. And then the last song has a totally different band: David Grubbs on harmonium, Whitney Johnson who plays as matches on viola, um, Liz Downing plays Boat banjo and also sings, and, my, and Julia Chepetta, um also sings. And these are folks that are crossing, you know, um, you know, all manner of identities. It's it, our, our, it's not inten- It's not necessarily intentionally intersectional but it feels right that it has taken that form or anything.
0: Kind of it's, it's a hell of a lineup and it <laughs> all comes together nicely, which is even better, right? You know, I've definitely seen records and heard records that have a lot of great people on them that don't really stand up, but this one grabbed me pretty early and, uh, and yeah. I keep listening to it. It's on my turntable right now. I have it right here beside me. Um, and, uh, and liner notes by another guest, previous guest of the show, James Toth, which is pretty rad. Um, Thank you. He's a, a fan and- uh, He's a fantastic writer. He's a fantastic writer and songwriter. And yeah. I actually have sent him both my albums for comment um, because I, the songwriter I respect and wanted to hear from, so. Yeah, three loads. Going back to that for a second, it, the label itself is, it is a pretty kind of substantial institution. Is that a good fair word? Would Corey be mad? He'd probably be mad. Uh, I don't know. He, I, don't, I can't imagine him being mad at things. He's such a nice guy. Uh, uh, but it is such a like it's a big influence in the independent experimental music realm. First time I deliberately got a Jack Rose record was. You know the uh, Black Dirt sessions, mm-hmm. and uh, then I realized that oh, he's on Pelt. I have this Pelt record with no—it wasn't on Three his Pelt record with no information on it, because <laughs> they're forthcoming like that back in the day. Um, and there wasn't—we didn't—wasn't much on the internet at the time, uh, but I figured it out. And I talked about it on the show a lot, so everybody else, everybody's listening might be bored by it, but I went to the 21st anniversary festival thing that he put on early this year. Yeah. It was amazing, just an amazing weekend of great, important artists back to back to back and in combinations and all of that. And, and that's something that he does well. Uh, and I think that in reaching out to you and saying, this thing you've done here on this record, on your Unbecoming album, you should do a whole record around this idea. Uh, smart call on his part. And I think it's uh, it's worked out quite nicely. Thank you.
1: Yeah, it helped me. I think a lot of the time I was um, working on the music, whether by myself or rehearsing with Tyler or Sam, say it was hard to find proper words for, the ways it made me re a lot of things about, it. use a word like process, but process. Um,
0: it's a, and, I, um, I think people load a lot into that word, but I mean, it's a real thing. It's just, it's the way you do things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: And um, I'm, re- I'm really grateful for it. It was a really generative first attempt. And I didn't have a conscious concept behind it the things I could really easily articulate I just felt it and um when I when I first you know mentioned to Corey you know I want to have you know all sorts of people play on it there are a few there are a couple people who weren't able to play on it right um almost almost been able to to land if you will um but I, I, when I first told him about it he was like oh gosh you know, are you sure you really need that many and I was like you know I, I got it it'll be okay but um <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't really, have easily said more than that at the time. I guess part of this is because um, there was a great extent to which each song was out of my hands. You know, I had final say, I suppose, over everything. I did some minimal editing um, of certain parts in the range, I suppose. Um, but, you know, you can tell these are the things, you know, words like arranged or produced are things that, um, don't quite feel like I'd want to, you know, display the just things I had to do just because that was the choice I'd out, you know. Um,
0: right. You talk in the notes about, um, you know, recording just the basic structure, your part and the structure with the, like the core of the group for the song and then yeah. just telling everybody. Or rather, not telling everybody else what to play. Um, I mean, I I had somebody I, I collaborate with a friend on a couple mm-hmm. things, uh, but you know, I had somebody who I hadn't worked with hasn't really played on any of my stuff, but I know is a really great player play on a song, and I sent him the thing. I was like, Hey, would you play on this? And I just said, I think you can hear the vibe. Here's what's key. It's in as if you need me to tell you, and. It sent it back, and it was what I needed because I picked the right person and he, you know, trusted him. And the material was good enough. Uh, in my case, good enough is, is a low line. Um, but, you know, that's what you're starting with. And you pick, you go with all these great people like Yasmin Williams. Like, I've listened to her record and I've seen. I haven't had the pleasure of seeing her play live uh in person yet, but I've seen live performances of hers and got to figure that you can trust that, right? If if she has got a sound that you want to hear. I think I think that's I think that's a great way to go. It's not exactly improvising, but it's allowing uh freedom uh of a player and I, I'm into that. Okay.
1: That makes two us.
0: <laughs> well, I should hope so. It's your record. <laughs> um, uh, Well, I want to talk about a couple of these other things that you've done since, since we've talked. So you did a, an album and you've done some touring with Cameron Noller, who you mentioned earlier, is an old friend. And he is a great player, right after my own heart, because he's a Norman Blake kind of fan, apparently. Read that on some yes. line notes somewhere. I'm a big Norman Blake fan. Uh, but I can't play like that. Um and he, he Neither can, can I. <laughs> mm-hmm. He can though. That's um yeah.
1: That's exactly the thing, you know, the, the 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 differences in our playing and approaches. I mean there's plenty of the there's kindred the differences are also um pronounced enough that they are pretty generative, I think. This 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 started making a bit more sense when we um, when we toured recently. Um, in Chicago, there's a lot of infrastructure. I guess I'm not I'm not quite sure how it's changed within the minute, but there's me, there's a lot of infrastructure around um, improvisation and around like first time improvisation. Um, and me, the idea of the two of us playing together for the first time um when did i start planting that seed i think it was might have been 2017 but it was definitely 2018 if not before because i'm coming from that place of people with you know totally different backgrounds instances don't make any sense still playing together and seeing what happens it felt utterly natural to suggest such a thing um i don't know if it felt quite that natural for him the first time for the second time or the third time for the fourth time but, um, but it's fun, and um, it is a great learning experience for me to keep playing with him. Um, not just playing, of course, in least with my best friends, but this this tour was really instructive. I had not played, you know, more of a enti- full duo sets for an entire tour before, and there's a lot I didn't there, there's a lot, I think it helped me start to develop that I'd like to develop more over time, you know, um, but that through the nature of the touring, I've been able to do, which apart from the different tour we did together winter in 2018, before we'd even had any music out, really, um, or no, he had a, a CD out, I believe. Um, but I, I didn't have a lick of, you know, proper album out at the time. Um, we still did it anyway, which was, you know, um, a bit insane, but also great. <laughs> um and also i mean we could even have the opportunity to begin there um you know i i was in school at the time as we see and we've both been able to find find in, in my case and make in his case work that um facilitates touring if we want it to happen or sessions if we want those to happen and so on um that's hugely we're hugely fortunate for that but um you know, most of the touring I'd done for this Europe tour that we had recently done, we had done it um, for about a month, mid-May to mid-June of this past spring. Um, most of the touring I'd done before then was, you know, our solo sets, except for the tour i of done with Cameron. This is a second one, um, and of course, playing solo is an entirely different thing. And yeah. it, there's a lot of a lot, a lot of little things that took me a little while to. Notice that I could um, reapproach on that on, on this most recent tour, just because of how used I've been to you know um, strictly like solo acoustic play.
0: Yeah, as a solo player, you feel obliged to fill out all the sound, or yes, you know deliver on everything. And when you have somebody playing with you, you leave room for one another. And yeah, your different approaches are. Um, they they do hang together well uh the the album from 2021 not uh, just for everybody else out there, is called anticipation and y'all should check it out it's really good great um tut taylor song on there also yeah great. i was the a camera yeah, yeah I, I i'm not surprised uh, <laughs> given the uh norman blake tut taylor connection that was a easy jump for me to make, a uh, big fan of his as well, so that stuff, uh, I mean, that just, oh god, I almost just said that tickled me, um, but that's, I, I hate myself for it, but uh, I did, <laughs> when I saw that when the album was coming out, I was like, oh, no way, I was very excited, um, And and it stands up to <laughs> stands up to my um anticipation sorry puns um no anyways i I was really i I, it delivers um it's really great anybody out there doesn't know norman blake and tut taylor you should check them out okay this is one i hadn't listened to but i was like making sure i knew all the stuff that you'd done lately you know, and I knew Time to Come, of course, we were talking about when you were here last time. Um, mm-hmm. Unbecoming came out since. And I know I've mentioned it on the show when it came out but, but in 2020, and everybody should check it out. You've heard a little bit about it already. Um, but uh, I this one I completely missed. You played, we did a record with Jordan Race. Uh, yes. it, that came out this year called Controlled Burning. And that is uh, like a heavy, dark and cool record um thank you tell me about that is that is that his project is this you guys wanting to continue working together in the wake of your record
1: we just started making music together and we usually record at his place in long stretches of time and then edit it down and i guess we were doing it about over about half a year for the time but over time we realized we had a record material and um Riley Walker was kind enough to put out on the husky pants.
0: And um it's a lot of good stuff on Husky Pants.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the, the recent Moonbrose tape is mind-blowing good. Um Jasmine steep I think. But yeah, this is one that um we were over the moon to release with Riley and Husky Pants. And um, I mean Biley. Walker is someone who I remember seeing him in Houston in 2015 playing the Steve Gunn, you know, two of the heaviest sitters I can really imagine. And I was, I bought, I bought from the screen, you know, which I'd heard, I think it's time and it had been blowing my mind. I'd never really heard anything like it. Um, And I was too shy to go up to the merch table afterward and say, your Twitter is really funny. Um, I mean, I I was still in high school at the time and um, the chance to, work in any capacity within um, on this record too you know it's about as surreal as um, anything can be but then this record is giving me a lot of uh, this new record this big record has given me a lot of opportunity um to kind of come to terms with how much um kind of how much shit i would never really imagine could happen um, things i just wouldn't know to think about um this record has helped them come about and that's really exciting um and the same with you know controlled burning you know the pandemic perhaps i don't know if this is the case i can imagine a pandemic facilitating Riley um starting a label to begin with i know he had started putting out some releases um early on in the pandemic earlier 2020 I do a duo thing or two with Kendra and Lallier, um some solo covers and such. Um, the chance to put out with him, I, I repeating myself a bit, but
2: uh,
1: it's it's such a wild and crazy honor. Uh, it is difficult as you can imagine. As, you, as you're seeing in real time, it's difficult to put the words. But that music, um, you no, know, the music is all been pretty organic um i think i'd find it difficult to work from a pretty heavy-duty organizing concept um to begin working on a record which um cameron and jordan seem to work almost literally completely differently which is great but um mine have been more um you know the 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 I hesitate to even use a word on concepts but the whatever organizing you know you know whether there are certain organizing principles or not to guitarists and this or that or the other um they come into clear review um, as the record is being sequenced I think in my experience so far
0: run right on yeah I, I mean you know you find a path and some patterns in how you work best are you are you how far are you working on the next one yet so knowing how the cycle goes you know and cycle is a terrible word right you know it sounds like it's a you know the business thing but just in the 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 lead time on everything you know the record's out but you're are you working on a new one already are you and if so are you finding it quite different
1: a little bit um yeah. to the first question um Cameron and I almost dropped my laptop well Cameron and I wow. um we um received funding from the city of Chicago to help prepare a record of electric guitar duets, and um we have to spend all the money by the end of this year so we have to figure out how to do that
0: um oh, wow.
1: but um I've been in preparation for that, um, in preparation for that process, you know, I've been playing electric guitar without fingerprints, which is pretty strange but good practice. And um, then for my next solo record, um, I've, I've I've had a few things crop up um, that I've recorded on my phone that feel potentially right and. I've been imagining bass for the first time, which is quite strange. Um, and um, I don't know enough about it to say much more beyond that. I have no, no idea um, where it might go, but um, I don't want to... Um,
0: I don't know. Jinx uh, or uh, over-promise. My, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no,
1: no worries. My, my experience is just that, um, you know, in part because I don't have recording gear um, that I can really use on my own, and in part because, and, th- and that's more or less intentional. But not not exactly intentional. It's always seemed difficult, and I think I would want to, I, I, I think I would be unable to reach the sounds I would want, the fidelity I would want, and that it would be more useful for my time to go and record in a proper studio, you know? Um, I get that. And so in public is that sort of thing, you know, it is, I think just interview facilitates just needing to trust the process, as they say, um, and um, wait for, and, and, you know, keep putting the work in um, of, you know, tapping the trees and seeing if the syrup, wow, I wasn't expecting that <laughs> at all. Um, but um, I would find it difficult, I think, to write um, I, mean, I say this is somebody who's pretty motivated by deadlines, so, so who knows if this is really the case yet, but in the abstract, I'd find it difficult to write um, pretty quickly, at least without worrying if they were half-assed, um, which um, comp- certainly compositionally isn't something. I mean, in no way, I'd, I'd really want that, but I think um, the nature of the music is such that I'm comfortable with performances not necessarily being perfect to appear on a record, but it, but. Compositionally speaking,
0: um, you know, I, I couldn't abide by that, you know, and I wouldn't want. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I was going to say, it's it sounds to me like you're, it's about putting your energy where, it, where it's best served, where you're best served by sure. it. So, sure. setting up microphones and figuring out the best way to capture the sound, uh, you know, get somebody else who can do that really well, the way you can worry about making that sound. Yes, totally. That makes sense. Whereas I'm not a particularly great musician, but I really like microphones too. So I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, it's the words. Everything else is just kind of follows after. Sure.
1: No, words are, words are dangerous. I keep thinking I might have that, a word sound record some point emerging, but it, um, but I've been finding that not only do I feel like I can't, Necessarily meet my own standard. I'm not even sure what it is. I think I'd rather. I don't know. I suppose this record is a bit of you know possible foreshadowing. You know, they're um, you know given that I, I, I imagine this isn't spoiling anything because it's public knowledge. Um, but there, you know, there there are of course vocals on this record that are not mine. Um, I like very much that they're not mine. I, I, <laughs> I that feels great. It wouldn't feel right if if they were mine. Um, and it's not that I feel, you know, like okay. it's not that I feel uncomfortable about my singing voice as much as it just doesn't, um, it, it, it hasn't yet held my interests to that degree um, for like a, a formal proper appearance in a release. But um, yeah, I don't know. This, this is maybe a roundabout way of saying that um, for the time being and with these records I've been able to share in the past, that music has come about Pretty organically over time, with relatively little pressure to have it adhere to a concept in order to fit the in order in order to fit the final shape
0: of the back. Maybe it'll change, I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, people change. That's mm-hmm. uh that's the the kind of the joy in following an artist's career and their trajectory and the things they make. Um, some people like uh, Riley Walker ping pong rapidly between things, you know, as he goes from extremely noisy guitar record to uh, a record that has words on it and singing and songs, you know, which may come out on alternating weeks. Uh, some people, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm exaggerating slightly, uh, but you, you're but familiar slightly, with this stuff, yeah. but, and it's, yeah. all, it's all great stuff. Um, <laughs> that There was no derogatory in, in my statements. No um whereas some people their changes are more gradual over a longer arc and that's that's kind of as a guy who collects records and has spent uh most of my life doing that uh, that's the joy that's that's the fun is particularly when i find somebody new to me um and then oh god they've got 10 records this one's so good which one do i go for next and you know then start to see this whole thing lay out over time Um, and then also just following somebody from their beginnings is also kind of a a pleasure but takes longer (laughs) so we've talked about the various releases and i've really i i'm really excited about the new one um but they're, they're all really good. I'll make sure everybody knows how to get them. But I I wonder if we could talk a little bit about where your music is coming from. Like, who are your influences? I mean, we I know we touched on it when we talked before, but it's been a little while. Sure, um, sure. And, uh, and, you know, who knows? You might have a different answer this year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, like, where... Well, this is a question I probably didn't ask when we talked before. Like, when did you start playing guitar? Music of any kind? Maybe you didn't start with guitar?
1: No, Um, I was a young kid. Um, I sang as a young kid. Um, I was maybe five or six or so. I don't quite remember offhand. Um, But I started with that. I played piano in elementary school, I played clarinet in middle school. And um, I was classically trained for piano and clarinet, and they were perfectly. I mean, my teachers were great. The instruments themselves are perfectly fine, but they didn't quite click in the way that guitar, which I myself um, taught on, did. And um, yeah, I mean, this record, this this new record, the three-vocal record, um, over the past year, or so. Um, I should say over the over the year, this is as far as I can reliably remember, but I was listening to about a year ago and then back to a year before then. But um, over that time, um, I started digging more and more into so called free jazz.
0: You're in a good town for that.
1: Yeah, totally. And I've tended to dig into pretty that's that's a large part of it. I think a small part of it certainly. I think I've tended to dig into um pretty deep dives and just into quite narrow um quite narrow spaces to say like I, I, i've listened a lot to don cherry i've listened a lot to a uh, late south african expat thesis named johnny diana d-y-a-n-i um i freaked out so much about him that i interlibrary library loaned the one book about him that also has writings and posters and other things of his art of his and has 50 interviews with people who knew him um, there's an essay that is randomly in German and not translated. Everything is in Times New Roman. It's a really strange book, but it's also really instructive. You know, um, you know Natural Information Society is this incredible Chicago band that sometimes four, sometimes like nine or ten people, or even more maybe, playing. Um, and it revolves around um, Josh Abrams playing this gimme, which is an African bass and they've been barren on new music a lot, but they've also been, I think in the back of my mind, an influence on this new record, this new 3 mode record in um, as much as their music, to me, has a kind of, it has a leaderless quality. Um, even though Josh Abrams is also a leading group, I've seen him play live in the way that he exercises his leadership, you know, the literal sense of leading a band it's understated to me. It strikes me as pretty subtle. And there's this quality of, it's made me think about, you know, in future music, you know, this quality of what happens if, what would happen if I were to write music that revolved around, or write music that used, you know, my guitar as a foundational element, which for this record, I um, I demoed everything on my own, I sent them to people. I sent them to Cameron and Tyler and Sam, I believe. And Tyler and I recorded as a duo, uh, excuse me, we rehearsed as a duo for four months or so. Towards the end of that, Sam and I started re- rehearsing as a duo. We rehearsed as a trio, and I also started rehearsing separately with Whitney Johnson for the song she plays on. And then after the four of us recorded with Cooper Crane at Shriek Studios in Chicago, I sent every part out to each person who played. Cameron specifically asked to get everything last. And I sent him every song Asked, you know, what do you hear? I love that. Thank you. Yeah. And I sent him everything. Sometimes I I'd had ideas by um, that I was um, suggesting guidance that I wanted to give people free reign to, to deviate from. Even if it surprised me a lot with the db sometimes um and for the last song i would have asked him i believe i did ask him you know do you hear anything i want i want you all, i wanted to hear this as if you might have something to add um he didn't hear anything and that's why he does not on the last song um given that this given that this 3 month record every you know i wanted everything to be in service to each individual song and i wanted each player to play to their impression of the song at the time that they heard it. This new music I've been thinking about just as an exercise for now, but it might be more than that. What if I were to write music for which my guitar be, you know, the first building block or element or what have you, and build a lot of things around it, and then subtract the guitar. That's been really, for some reason, it's really attractive as a thought exercise, and I have yet to really. It, there, there's some songs where it, won't make terribly much sense, but it's, but there, there's something about that that's connected to natural information society, there's something like that that's connected to, um, the way that music seem to my mind, seamlessly incorporates improvisation that, without knowing about how it works, seems free, that also Returns to a foundation of repetition, you know, gradual accumulation, and you know, the organic quality that um, I imagine is maybe one such quality that Josh Abrams would want to emulate. You know, just in the literal sense of you know being a living, breathing thing. Um, that really, really appeals to me for the new music I've been working on, and it's been in the background more than I've consciously been able to think about it. But it also bore on this three of music as well. Um, I think, in as much as I wanted to arrange parts in ways that would serve, and, and you know, like to say, you know, they would served the song. It's not that I I, I I didn't write any of this down. None of this music was written down. Um, it was more or less entirely based on gut feeling and um tweaking every so often as i went along um, there were a few parts that i edited or scrapped um that were originally recorded um i thought of, i thought i even wanted to re-record one of my one of the songs that i played as well um but i, I was talked down from the ledge thankfully think um, <laughs> my mom was very happy but um yeah, you know, um, I don't. I I I just don't mean for the 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 sense of you know something serving the song to be um, not concrete. Um, I think it's just you know arriving at the sense intuitively of what a song or a piece or whatever word you might want to use. This isn't just the case with music, of course. Um, I studied creative nonfiction in college, and I tried my best to exercise this there as well. Um, Excuse me, excuse me, silly. Um, But um, it's you know I think to do with like having an intuitive sense of what a given entity might or might not need. What might be too much or might not be enough. And um, I'm really lucky to have been able to play with all these people who've played on this record. Um, Jamie Branch's flugelhorn part really knocked my socks off. And I, I I do wish Cameron's guitar in that section were a bit louder than the mix. The, this record, I should say, was mixed in, a week, in about a week. And I was more stressed than I had words for, and <laughs> um, there were, you know, a few, a couple little things that I wasn't, that because I was, you know, because my brain was melting um, over the course of trying to assimilate all this sonic information um, and account for each different parameter that each instrument might. I just want to say that Cam's playing in response to Jinx totally brilliant some of um I hate using this word um but it is some of my favorite playing I've ever heard from him and this is I suppose a roundabout way of if you feel like you're of the mind to turn to turn the volume up when you listen feel free Um, but um one thing I should also say is that I have a release show for this record August twentieth in Chicago at Constellation, which is a venue. on, I, I mean, I have the poster. You can see I have a poster on my bedroom wall because I'm a freak. And I have the <laughs> T-shirt. The last time I played there, I wore the T-shirt and I didn't even realize I was wearing the T-shirt. But I mean, this is this is uh, readily available on the internet. It's for everybody to see, but um, it's going to be online. It's it's important, you know, to be, you know, with the pandemic allowing for online concerts. I really don't want those to go away. There have been so many concerts I've been able to see through the Internet, whether it's, you know, an online after the fact video somebody puts on YouTube from, you know, X years ago, or one of the online concerts from the from this pandemic, you know, this ongoing pandemic. Um, it makes me think about being in Houston. There's so many people who barely played or never played there. And it makes me think about people who might want to go to concerts, but don't necessarily have the physical capability for such in person. Um, it's important for me. I want to, as much as I possibly can, I want to I want to bear that out in real time. You know, I want to walk the walk about that. I don't think music should be the exclusive. I don't think live music should be limited to those people who can see it on a given night. Um, Maybe that doesn't necessarily mean a live recording being available immediately. Maybe it means, you know, a release half the fact that's really available for people to hear. Anyways, all of this is to say that this Constellation concert, um, because Cameron and Yasmin are both dear friends and also totally indispensable to the music, and nobody can do what they do um, as far as I'm concerned. And maybe most importantly, because I don't, I hope I don't lose money on, on the show, but there's a chance <laughs> I will, just from the cost of flights and travel and such, I'm um, I'm I'm flying them in Cam and I are going to open with a set of electric guitar, doing music for, foreshadowing the next record we'd be working on. Um, but the music that happens at that concert, I'm still figuring out some of the odds and ends. Um, I can't fly everybody in, you know. But right. as much as I want to, but that's music that um, it'll be a long time before that arrangement becomes possible again. And if you are around at any point on or after the 20th, after which it, leaves on, it lives on YouTube forever, um, then I welcome you to, to listen because it'll be um, um, quite possibly a once in a lifetime kind of thing, um, that particular lineup, this particular music. Um,
0: I will make sure everybody knows. We'll get a link to the event on the uh, on the blog and all that, and make sure everybody it's, knows about it. Um, because yeah, that's it's... that's rad. Thank you.
1: One thing I might have mentioned last time, I might have been abstractly thinking about it at the time. It was um, just the thought of translating um, sounds or their effects from one instrument into guitar in my case, or I suppose also into others um, with, you know, the chance to work with more people than just myself. And, um, and that could well explain why I've been hearing based on this newer music. Yeah, I mean, this record, um, I remember thinking about David Grubb's record, The plane Where the Palace Did, a lot. Um, I remember thinking about Johnny Deani a lot, there's a song on the record called No Fear. It's a song that Riley Walker and Jordan Reyes play on. That song takes a title from a similar record that Tyler Damon showed me. Um, and this is this is a song that I was very slow to title. I had no idea what to call it. Um, yeah. This is often the case with me anyway. But um, this song takes a title from a record also called No Fear by John Stevens, Barry Guy, and Trevor Watts, drummer bassist and sax player um i think it's from britain mid to late 70s i forget the year but um you know just you know that um it's been quite that that that, that approach has been quite inspiring um i think in large part because those are People who, um, as far as I'm aware, and I don't know very much, um, would play and make music for the for its sake. You know, um, I don't know if you've if you've listened. Um, I haven't listened much, but I've listened a bit to this group that John Stevens had for a while called the Spontaneous Music Ensemble. And I'm as i mentioned again, I'm realizing I don't know enough about it offhand. Um, to really articulate quite what about it um, has left such an impression, but it's quite spare and it's music that involves everybody listening to each other and playing more or less only what needs to be played, if you will. And that's a focused that up, tried to apply consistently across my records, you know, and it's a focus that um, I tried my best to, apply to this new record even with all the moving parts and it's something also that like um this recent tour with cameron um really helps me start to try to put into practice in a live setting with other people um it would be easy it's you know it'd be easy for me to go on a kind of autopilot and play without necessarily thinking too much um about um what the other person is playing not to go on autopilot as much as to um as, as much as to be somewhat still in the mindset of playing a solo set
0: you know yeah, um, it would be like playing the song as you know it versus interacting with the other player and playing the song exactly. as it's yeah. happening yes yeah. it's it's good
1: exercise for me <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I, I have um, very limited experience playing with other people, and and I know that is an extreme um, blind spot for me because I am fully aware as somebody who like listens to so much improv improvisational music and band music, you know, lots of groups and people who really are connected musically. I know I'm missing I'm missing that. Yeah. Um. I can see how it would be easy to kind of fall back on what you know. Yes, totally. It's comfortable. Yeah. Um. Well, I I think that um. I think people really are gonna like this record. I'm gonna I want to play everybody a track from it. Do you do you, do you want to recommend one or do you want to let me choose? Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll do, I'll make it a good one. I'll make sure everybody knows how to get them. And uh, but I'm gonna thank you uh, for sitting down to talk to me again. This is this has been enlightening. And um, thank you. music of Eli Winter. The song was for Chisos Blue Bonnet. The album is entitled Eli Winter. It is available at threelobed.bandcamp.com. I expect to see all of you running out to pick it up, um, or at least some of you. I mean, right? Unless you already have it. That's a fair excuse. It is already out. But if you don't already have it, go get it. It's great. Okay, enough of that. Let's get on to Grateful Dead. Uh, I decided that after the last two episodes that have featured talk of the Chicago music scene, I would be remiss not to spin up some Grateful Dead from Chicago. I pretty quickly landed on this show from July 5th, 1969 at the Kinetic Playground. Uh, some places it's listed as the Electric Theater Theater. Uh, but Jerry Bass has it as the kinetic playground and I'm sticking with them because they know what they're talking about so much of the time. Great site. If you don't use it, jerrybass.com, really good way to get all the info and all the times that Jerry played. Anyways, uh, as I said, July 5th, 1969, I had to make a little bit of a difficult decision here though. This show is, in my humble opinion, quite good. But the recording has issues. The morning dew is chopped at the beginning. Tape takes a moment or two to get up to snuff. You're gonna hear that in a second. And things hold up pretty well though after that, until Baby Blue. It this this song is really important to me. It's one of the songs, of course, it goes furthest back in the catalogue, I think 66, maybe five, six, definitely six. Um uh, and yet they, you know, they played it at my first show in nineteen ninety one. So it means stuff to me, it's a great song. On this tape, there is a splice at the beginning and then the tape is just terrible throughout the song. It's as if the the actual media wasn't properly tensioned and kept wavering away from the right heads, which is tragic because you can kind of hear a beautiful performance through all that like wow and wavering kind of, uh, Jerry's belting it out. And to make it worse, it's nine minutes long. So this is no brief segment. If it were three minutes, I would have just made you guys tough it out. I know you would have made it through too, but it's not three minutes; it's nine minutes. So I looked around and I thought about swapping in the version from June twenty seventh, but that one has a cut right at the very end, which is also brutal. Um, it's a it's a good version though. Uh, then I went back a little further to five thirty one in Eugene, which has Ken Babs on the mic at the very beginning, and oh, it's a good one. So it seems like they're pretty consistent with this song right through the summer, Uh, although they only played it a few times that summer. Um, Anyways, that version from 531 in Eugene is the baby blue that you're going to get in this set. I've subbed it in. I know like, if we were trading tapes, I would never do that sort of thing, but this is not what that is, so I hope you can handle it, hope you dig it, uh, I think you'll appreciate it. If you really want to wade into that weird tape warble situation on the version from 7.5, I respect and encourage that behavior. Let me know what you think, um, but it, you won't hear it here. There's also, um, there are some troubles at the end of Casey Jones and the beginning of Love Light on this tape, not the end of the world, a little bit of hiss throughout. I think we can survive those kinds of tribulations and just enjoy some good old Grateful Dead. So with that, I will leave you to decide what to do next. Hopefully you will enjoy yourself. And until next time, be well.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wrap the baby scarlet covers, calling your own.
1: We gonna leave her.
3: shingle in the Told me goodbye. How was I I, to know? a turn of pain. Now listen here, baby. calls of me. You know?
2: it can
3: I ain't no mama no Pretty no, 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 no. little thing, let me light you count Call mama, I'm sure Tell
2: me, I
3: The sea! at a quarter to 9.
2: It's Reverend
3: George Hill at 17 17- Come on my knees, turn on your light. Your love. Shine on me, let it shine. Shine on me, let it shine, darling. Shine on me, let it shine. Shine on me, shining on me.
2: Shine
3: on me, early in the morning. Shine on me, let it shine on me. Shine on me, late in the evening. let it shine on me too. Shine on me, that's all I need. Some of your love, on me. 'cause I don't want it all. On me. I just I want a little Shet bit. On me. I don't want it all, Shet no, no. Me. I just I want a little Shet bit. Let your love shine on me. Let your kissin' shine on me. Let your rollin' rollin' slow. That's all I got to have. All I got to have. Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> Mama You gotta be all right You gotta be all
2: right
3: Please, please, Now wait a minute I wanna tell y'all something now huh. I just saw about my baby I'm not going to tell you no big secret or nothing, but I'll tell you something, I guess I'm not going to make me wait, I wish I will make me feel something, sometime early, sometime late, but I want to tell you a reason why now. <laughs> she'll make me feel so good, I want to tell you one thing, that makes me feel alright, yes I do. Cause she got boxed back, Nellie. big, I'm over, Perfect, I don't oh, my God, got to be my rider. You got to be my soul. got to be my rider. You got to be my soul. Wait a minute. You know, sometimes I may wake up just about early in the morning, just before the day is done, and I might get some kind of lonesome, some kind of way. It get lonesome, some kind of way. Now wait a minute, and all I got to do. Reach over my left shoulder. I just asked my baby, please turn on over. You know you got to get better just Got to get got to get better. Ain't no way. Ain't no way a king. Just got to get just a little bit. Say something uh, to all you fellas uh, like you. <laughs> now I know sometimes you might go home late in the evening and uh, you will to with somebody in the bed beside yourself. I know I feel like that a lot too, but I got it covered now. That's all I got to do, like I told you before, I just reach over my left shoulder, out my baby, turn on over, yes you do, so do, it's got to be, it's got to be, it's a natural way, it's got to do. Hmm. got to be, can't help no way, don't worry about it, can't help no way, got to get fed, yes I do, now wait a minute, Mm. sometimes, Mm. I tell you when I woke up before, I just have to reach over and touch my baby on the shoulder, she would roll over, <laughs> Well, you know she do, <laughs> feel pretty good, but sometimes I still begin to get hungry, I still stay thirsty, so I just ask my baby one more time, yes I do, uh-huh, <laughs> because sometimes she can wake up about a quarter to five, she can ride like a stingray on a four-day drive, because i Vale, vale. Me my love, it's got to be. You get lonesome. And I want time. You need some company Go out and find yourself Sweet young lady That's all you got to do You ain't got to stand around Put your hands in your pocket Ain't no way you make things right my baby please one time let your love shine down on me let your love shine on me you know sometimes I get a long time early in the morning before the day dawn I just I need your companion and i me feel so alone, I'm gonna tell you something. That's
2: mm-hmm. my
3: baby. I said, please, my love. Don't you turn on your light? She was it. I said, I say, please turn on your light. I said, hey, hon, she what does? I said, Mom, how you feel? I said, Baby, how do you feel? Man. she said, to call my name. You know what she says? She says, Daddy. I say, Yes, Mama. She said, Daddy. I said, mom. Huh? Begin to get good now She said, Daddy uh-huh. I hear you calling I hear you calling and She called and she said, Daddy Say yes She said, Daddy I said, Yes, Mama She said, Daddy yeah. she said, All right to get good like that, too. and I still get hungry. that one thing I ever I just ask a plea. I ask her real nice, I ask her why don't you please, turn on your light, I ask a please, turn on your love light, let it shine upon me. All I need, all I need is some of your love. It's got to make me feel plenty good. Got to make me feel like a king. And my rider was a goddamn queen. She treat me so well. You know she do. Can't let me down. Can't let me down. Got to pick me up. Got to pick me up, Brad right. Pick me up, and I'll stay up a while. But you just gotta get me, get me in shape. And when I get home, that's right, my baby, why don't you let your light on me? That's all I. Have. That's all I got to get. Now. That's all I. Have. That's all I need. got to be all right. Why don't you let your light shine on me? That sweet little warm and tender thing. That sweet little loving and make me feel so nice. That's all I need. I Let it shine. Let it shine upon me. That's all I got to have. Let it shine. Let it shine, shine on me. Let me hear you, Bobby. All I, all I, all I need. My mind, my my. mind got the beat. Ah, let me hear you talking, Bobby. Just gonna hear you talking to me. Uh, gotta be young man, gotta be some of your love. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine on his boy. You're so good. Shut on me, let it shine, shut on me, let it shine Shot on his boy. All I need, shut on me. Your love. Shine on me. All I need. Shine on me. Some of your love. Got to make me feel. Shine on me. You put it nice. Shine on me. That's all I need. Shine on me. Some of your sweet love. Shining on me. Shine on me. Shine on me. Shine on me. I just said it's a lot to get some. Shine on me. Shine on me. I feel alright. Shine okay. on me, hey. Turn on me, hey. like to... hey. Hey. on me, I just on me. I just